Welcome to Philosophy Club. This is part two of a Philosophy Club meeting recorded on June 4th, 2023. In it, Akib, Ben, Katie, McKenzie, and Noah discuss reformation, justice, and petty bullshit. Um, I listened to a podcast uh, uh, with Amanda Knox in it where she talked about criminal justice um, and basically was saying a really good point that I'd never thought about, like, forget justice for the innocent, but she was talking about, like, justice for the guilty. Like, if you dive into somebody deep enough, there is always some sort of motivation or reason, whether it's internally some sort of, you know, brain thing, some sort of trauma, like, you can always track anything. So she was almost arguing that punishment shouldn't exist, and I'd never thought about this, and I wanted to know kind of what you guys um, think based on just... I gave. Ooh, I, I, I like that. I feel like I am in favor of rehabilitation instead of punishment in basically any instance I can think of. So my, my gut reaction is that that's in line with my thinking, although there's probably limits and I'd have to explore it a little bit more. No, I think we should punish people. Um, let's <laughs> No, I'm kidding. So no, rehabilitation, I think, is a huge, it's a huge, like, we, we lack it in our society in, in huge ways. Um, but at what extent, like, I think what Mackenzie's getting at is that your author, Amanda Knox, is almost calling for the, um, the like, she's abolishing personal responsibility by saying that everyone's actions are affected by, like, their background somehow. So you can't right. really blame them. The podcast called You're Wrong About, and um, Amanda Knox familiar she was wrongfully accused of the murder of her partner I think it was a boyfriend when she was in Italy and um was tried over there and the justice system over there is more you're guilty until proven innocent which is arguably like a lot harder to do to prove that you're innocent um but uh but yeah but then when she then became interested in criminal justice again how I understood it was she was saying that yeah like if we're not trying to rehabilitate people we're not doing anything and rehabilitation as far as like the u.s criminal justice system go doesn't seem to work yeah so this kind of topic comes up um in philosophy when when you get into questions about um like determinism in terms of consciousness um a lot because like the idea being that like if the brain is ultimately it's like a really complicated computer where if you no matter what if you hit x input y output will occur um and so and and, and so your actions are ultimately totally determined by your biological makeup and the circumstances in which you find yourself and there's no real agency inside um then it the idea of blame or praise can seem kind of silly because it's like well if there's they didn't have a choice, so why would we blame them or praise them for the things that they do? Um, I think my reaction to that is that even if that were the case, when I'm not necessarily ready to concede it is, even if it were the case, we are stuck in the position of it certainly seems like we have agency and it feels like it. So we kind of have to act like it regardless, whether yeah. even if we could say like conclusively, like, oh, turns out we're all the way determined. Um, you still at the end of the day have someone who acts in a certain way and you'd be like, well, he couldn't help it. That's true. Um, but we still have to respond to it as though he could help it because it's the only way like a society can function, I think. 
Now, I'm not saying that. Obviously, I think that we should still promote well, rehabilitation I, over just like you know reckless, you know, the throw, lock them up, throw away the key. Um, that doesn't help anything. But I do think we still have to act as though people's actions are praiseworthy or blameworthy. I agree. But I think a, a lot of this is less founded on the idea that it's 100% determined and there's absolutely no agency. And it's more that there's less agency than it might seem like. And also that for that last 30% of agency you might have over your actions, we could also exercise more empathy about it. Like, could I, am I, nobody is capable of always doing the right thing. Whatever, anyway. All I mean is I think that it's more about empathy. And we I agree. From punishment is the big thing. Like, so, so I've done something wrong. I, I, I think a lot of it was like, oh, <laughs> wow, punishing me for that won't necessarily help me do something right the next time because it's not giving me any tools on how, what is what is maybe like a better way to handle my anger if the wrong thing I did was break a window or whatever the thing is like just punishing me saying like you were bad is sort of a lot of how our criminal justice system works do you right. think it's possible to rehabilitate a a child sex offender and pedophile God, yeah. I sure wish and hope so, but I don't know. That's the, I mean, I also have nothing to do with any, like, I don't know any, I'm not one of these future lawyers. I don't know anything about legality. And this was my, the first time I'd ever heard this idea. Um, so I don't have a lot of, I could, you could change my mind, Akeev. This is your chance with whatever you're uh, crazy. Oh. <laughs> I think there definitely is. I'm sure we could find an example of that. I think um, we are kind of, brushing up on like a really a much larger question um which is to an extent of like what is justice um which obviously goes way back um, and yeah like we've we've touched on this in in philosophy club before and i don't know if we've ever made a lot of ground covered but it does seem like there's at least from what i'm remembering from previous conversations there's a multiple sort of facets to it, a concept like justice. There is the idea of, I think a conclusion I've come to before is there's basically three sides of, like, let's if we want to look at like a prison term, there's three potential sides of it we could say. There's one, you're protecting the rest of society from someone who we think is likely dangerous and who has demonstrated themselves to be dangerous to society. So I mean, if you put someone in jail, you are to a certain extent protecting the rest of the society. That's one function it can serve. Another is that this environment can serve to rehabilitate the offender and hopefully take someone who does bad things and make them someone who will not do bad things. And then the third is the idea that like there's some sort of a fairness or like a balance that we seem to want there to be. Um, the idea being that, like if you do something bad, it's only fair that like you go through something bad. Um, and that one I think is the hardest to justify, um, which is, I, I think I agree with Katie, which like we ought to probably show mercy and empathy, I think as much as we reasonably can without sacrificing the other two facets um, of right. protecting society and hopefully rehabilitating the offender. Um, but I also think that, yeah, like there does seem to be some value or some, something to the notion of like there being a balance or a fairness side to things. 
do you think that people are actually deterred from doing like horrible things because they're afraid of punishment? I just don't really know if I believe yes. that. Yes, I do. Aki, would you be out murdering people if like there was no there's no consequences? Do you know someone? I wouldn't, would but, I, but I'm sure I'm sure there. Yeah, there would be more murder if, if there was no consequences for murder. Like, that's that's just a fact. Like, you can see in societies where there is less rule of law, like, there is more, like, petty crime and, like, crimes like murder that just don't ever get reported. Like, um, you go walk in, like, a not-a-great part of Pakistan, yeah, like, shit like that happens every day, and, like, nobody knows about it, and nobody will ever know about it, because, because it's not part of the system. So I don't there think are- it's... Like likely a one hundred percent deterrent, but I, I do think it's at least a partial. It's a deterrent. large deterrence, like it, like stealing, like people, like yeah, like stealing, murdering, um, yeah. Like you I think punishment is a huge deterrence for crime. You think that's just because of the punishment? So, like, if there wasn't the punishment, and and our society functions in a similar manner, you think. That would be like that's the defining. Yeah, it's like this. It's like this. I'll I'll give you an, the greatest example I can give you is like uh, bad policing. So police officers have a certain level of immunity for like for like doing shit. So like they act more aggressive and they get away with more bullshit like in our justice system and they go unpunished. Now if there was if there was like greater punishments in place and better regulation, like they'd stop doing as much bullshit. Like for example, like a lot of police departments started forcing them to wear cameras. So you see videos around all the time where cops are like a little bit more careful because they have to be. Um, so yeah, the threat of punishment is huge and it, and it works. It's how we, we function in a lot of ways. Like it's, yeah. So I think, I think you need it. That's more accountability than the punishment. That, that I, I wouldn't say that even the punishment needs to be there, but just the eyes on the cop are what is making the difference. The camera- yeah, so Foucault calls this the panopticon. And he basically describes it theoretically as a, we exist in society as a big prison and there's this big tower at the center of the prison where there's these guards watching. And it's because there's that tower that like our, a lot of our behavior is like a little bit more regulated. Now, personally, like there are people, and I think all of you would fall into this category who don't commit crimes, not because there's somebody watching you, but probably because you intrinsically have like no desire to commit the crime and you believe it's wrong. But there are many people who, who don't have that. And like they will, they would do bad things if there weren't cameras or if there weren't cops or if there wasn't well, like a lot, rule of law. a lot of people have religion to rely on. And, and I don't think I'm not a religious person, so I, I can't say, but I've always interpreted my people like around me that are religious being like, oh, I do the good thing. So I get rewarded, not because I, I'm scared of the punishment of hell, but I don't know. Uh, I mean, speaking as a religious person, there have been, I mean, that, the idea is that, like, you you change and grow as a person, but there have been definitely been times when I was more scared of the punishment of hell than I was interested in the reward afterwards. I like to think I've come farther along and gotten to a less, you know, less of that sort of a state, but, um, but uh, yeah, no, that's definitely a factor. Um, I think, and and uh, like the panopticon thing, religion is just like the perfect panopticon. You just have this guy who can see into your head all the time. I mean, see into like, everything. Yeah. You can see he's watching you. We could say that religion is an extension of the state to control the people, but it's a little <laughs> radical. Kind of, not really. Uh, no, no. Again, I think the state has really, really subdued like religion and put it under its 
like heal a little bit, especially in Western society. And the state has, like in America, the state is the religion now, or had been for a while. Um, Mackenzie, I, I'll agree that punishment should be reworked, at least in the justice system, at least because there's definitely a class of criminals who are not deterred by prison time and they're probably like repeat offenders and like, oh, this is my fifth time in jail for, you know, larceny or something, just because that punishment is not a powerful enough deterrent to stop them from committing the crime. So that that's one way that if we change the blanket uh, punishment of, you know, just prison time to something that could be tailored more and be more rehabilitative, we could maybe start addressing a uh, crime like that. I agree with that too. I think you can address certain pathologies and you can't, it's harder to address others. Um, like I wouldn't try to rehabilitate like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> I'd just be like, this dude is out of this world. Like, um, Yeah, so but, like, yeah, we can use that example. So to go back to the, um, like if there's three prongs to justice and there are sort of safety and rehabilitation and the retribution, we could say. Um, then, like Hannibal Lecter being in prison for the rest of his life, you could call a safety concern. Even if we think there's no chance of rehabilitation, we're protecting the rest of society from him. Um, now, like, if you were to say that, like, Hannibal Lecter should also be subject to weekly beatings to make up for the, the people he ate, like, um, that seems like you're just delving in that that does it only seems to serve the purpose of retribution then at that point because i don't know so hmm. yeah i don't know <laughs> if i almost ever think that retribution is like a worth like i part of me wants to say like it's not a worthwhile thing retribution um to like right. really almost go after at all um but then there's another part of me that's like well yeah but sometimes you want like someone to suffer a little bit when they do something really shitty i don't know yeah, you want to like be part of their life, and you want to like watch them suffer. <laughs> so, like, I, I, this is something I brought up on a previous, like, way back time. But I remember I was driving down the road one time, listening to the radio, and they had a news story on there. Just been some mass shooting, um, like something like eight people were killed, and they hadn't caught the guy yet. He was on the run, and the the sheriff was saying something to the effect of like, "I promise you, people, like justice will be done." And I thought at the time, I was like, that is the most like ridiculous statement you could ever make. There's no such thing as justice being done when eight people, because if you think about it in terms of retribution, there's no equal, ret fair, fair, equal retribution for justice. For eight people, you kill eight people, what, what are we going to do? We can't kill you eight times. Um, we can kill eight family members. <laughs> but that certainly doesn't <laughs> seem just, right? Because then we've got innocent people. And so I'm saying is like, there. I think even in terms of smaller crimes, like, you know, if you... Maybe, like with theft, I guess if you steal a thousand dollars from someone, you can just give the money back. And but then we don't think that that's like enough, right? We think there something else ought to happen on top of that, um, because there should be some retribution. So it's not like we don't want to say like there should be nothing done. Um, but I don't know. Like the idea of retribution as a facet is confusing to me because I'm conflicted on it. You like Quentin Tarantino movies? Yeah, I love Quentin Tarantino movies. <laughs> yeah, big theme. <laughs> I don't. I just sorry. Go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Um, 
Sorry, I, I was just, this is my knee-jerk response. I don't think that my like need for justice is a good thing. I feel like that stems from the same place that calls somebody shallow. I, I actually don't think that that's right when I examine it further because any justice that I want done in the moment is coming from a place of like fear and anger and that I don't think it's constructive. Yeah. Have you guys read uh, Merchant of Venice? Yes. You know, Shylock is the Jew and he basically tells what's his name? Like, hey, man, if you don't get me this money back, pound your flesh and I'll let you borrow it. And so like, let's borrow the money. But then ships get wrecked and he's like, now I want to pound your flesh. Like we made a deal. And there's this whole speech. Portia gives this speech about how how like justice in itself cannot function in society. Like it needs to be littered with mercy. Um, like it needs to have other humans involved so that they can consider like the context of the case and also like so that they can like dole out mercy. Like mercy is like a very important aspect of, of justice. So I guess there needs to be a balance between and, and I guess mercy, like empathy would fall under that part of part of it. So like I guess what, what we're talking about is sort of perhaps like an imbalance between like the the um, strict rule of law like the justice aspect and then the mercy aspect. And when the, there's an imbalance, you have people who should probably be re rehabilitated and probably be given a second chance, like a real, a real fighting second chance. Um, and that are not, and it, they end up like worse off and society ends up worse off because of it. Yeah. I still don't think you can rehabilitate like a pedophile though. Well, maybe, maybe you can, but I don't think they should, uh, this is going to be real controversial, but I just, my, my thought after listening to that was, I don't necessarily think they should be punished. Maybe kind of like the safety aspect, like, yeah, they have Whoa. to have a mental health ward for the rest of their life to protect the children. But I was, I was like, oh yeah, because I, 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 I don't know. I just don't so think that. When you say punishment, when you say punishment, you mean just senseless suffering inflicted on them, but not necessarily. Not senseless, very controlled. Chambers and devices. Forced to spend, forced to spend an insane amount of time in prison, doing nothing constructive or not having any resources for them, hobbies for them to pursue. Like I think they should also be able to pursue a healthy kind of happiness and see lots of therapists that can coach them and talk them through why they have these urges and how to channel these urges because we all have that urge of like vengeance at least. We can all identify with like, oh, that guy did a mass shooting, let's kill him. And then we're like, wait, 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 because we have that part of our brain that can go, wait a minute, you shouldn't want to kill somebody. So they, they might not have that. Not every person, but I just think that because I, I don't know how every person's brain works, I have to err on the side of only rehabilitation and maybe like confining people for safety rather than this idea of punishment. Have you guys ever read uh, Crime and Punishment? Or not Crime and Punishment. Um, not Crime and Punishment. There's another book by Foucault and he talks about how like the value, the difference between when society used to punish people publicly by like lashing them or, or cutting their hands off, like dismembering them some way, and then just being like, okay, your punishment's done, get out of here. Um, versus now we like imprison them. And he was basically arguing that it, it's arguably worse now because instead of punishing the body and like getting it over with, we punish the person's soul. 
and we punish their sense of freedom, which is like an even worse level, like an even more, um, uh, heinous. heinous uh, yeah. Heinous, not heinous, but like more like, uh, brutal, brutal and savage way of punishing people. And he talks about like modern prison systems in that, like in that discussion. Um, yeah, so maybe we should bring back the uh, the lashes, the lashing. Seventeen lashings for this young lad. <laughs> <laughs> People bring their kids with popcorn. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not funny. It's not funny, Akeem. <laughs> I'm laughing. So, I think, um, hmm, that still seems like. That we're we're looking at retribution there, not any sort of re, re do we think someone is rehabilitated by seventeen lashes? I mean, maybe, but probably not. <laughs> um, they might just be scared not to do it again, I guess. But like, maybe. <laughs> I think suffering. Uh, I think suffering creates growth and rehabilitation. It can. <laughs> I think it no, maybe not a good can. Argument. <laughs> I don't yeah, think it don't, does don't, necessarily. Because yeah, then you could argue that prison creates growth because it's suffering. Um. I think, I don't know, because we do seem to have this, like, desire for there to be retribution when someone does something wrong, though. Like, you'll see, like, sometimes I'm, I you'll see, once in a while I'll see, like, an article on social media or something, and it'll be like, prisoner's last meal was, you know, lobster and blah, 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 or they were denied a crazy, some sort of crazy last meal, and people are like, yeah, if they wanted to eat lobster, they should have thought about that before they killed somebody, um, and it's like, okay, yeah, um, but, like, denying them lobster doesn't rehabilitate, <laughs> like, denying this guy on death row lobster certainly doesn't rehabilitate him, um, it certainly isn't keeping anyone safe it does seem like it solely serves to be like some sort of retribu retributive punishment um and like i relate to that sentiment to an extent um but it does also seem maybe unreasonable maybe that's it as i i feel this emotionally to an extent not to the extent plenty of people espouse it around but i do feel that retrib retribution feels right emotionally sometimes but reasonably i can't think it doesn't you know check out i don't think it's like with a little kid the only time i could think that retribution would be the god i don't even know if i could but i, I just thinking about like with a child because like people used to just like give their kids spankings and be like now that's done and now people will try to you know sit there talk to the child reason with them and then come up with a consequence that's like appropriate it's like there's still consequences but with a kid i, I don't i don't think people have that knee-jerk reaction like we we need them to suffer but there's still this idea of like crime and punishment that, that needs to be in play that i don't know where what a world without that like when listening to this podcast i was like that's a neat idea but i don't really know what rehabilitation is kind of without a little bit of consequences so hypothetically if we just let murder go unpunished what would happen that's what i don't know that's what i'm saying yeah. i don't really know what the alternative is so it's kind of like okay i think we should take it back to this level of i think we should have more you know, mental health professionals, everybody wants a degree in psychology. Let's channel all those people into like somehow like prison reform and, and find some sort of way to have like identifying 
the people that really are on a level where they can't grow and change in some way, because I don't really know how you could, but you could, I, I, I could know somebody that's neurologically diverse and be like, oh, like, so-and-so has Down syndrome, they, they truly can't understand it. So they might not be able to grow. So for safety reasons, they have to stay in a mental health hospital where they pursue their hobbies here. But somebody else who maybe had experiences that show they, they can understand and have empathy, just working with them and training them on how to immerse back into society. So, I mean, yeah, I think because there's multiple facets here, like we can't do away with like we can't just be like murder's fine um you know because that wouldn't be safe for the population um so there's a safety aspect but like when you look at i mean we well, obviously we all seem to agree that the current american prison system is bad um but if if you look at it like it does serve the safety purpose and we can imagine a prison system that would also serve a rehabilitation system or purpose um but a lot of what happens when it like a certain degree of like basic human dignity is removed from prisoners. Um, that seems to be purely retributive, you know, retributive and doesn't seem logical. I think there's no reason to do that. So I guess we should have isolated prison communities where they like, they have their own little enclosed Truman show village where all the murderers can run around and have full human lives, <laughs> but, but keep everyone else safe. I don't know. I don't know what I'm proposing here, but, um, it does no, seem like retribution for its own sake is like not valid. I think. I think it's, it's not valid. Michael, that almost seems to introduce like a really misaligned incentive, where if like a homeless person knows that if they kill someone, they get to go to the nice little murder colony where they'll be fed. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's obviously a crazy example. Um, but I think we can imagine a system in which slaves are allowed to flourish. Minds. <laughs> the fact that I, life is in the murder village than being in a like wh where they are forced to be homeless shows that we need more mental health care. Like that's what that is. Yeah, like right, other right. is we need more resources like that. Don't really have them to the capacity. Like I, the think, funding. Do you think people are more sad? Do you think people have more mental health issues now than they did a hundred years ago? No, I think there's there's fewer resources for health than there needs to be i don't think it's like re okay firstly this is really weird because i i know someone well who is homeless and has been in and out of prison and does actually like going to certain prisons because they have nice amenities and it's like comfortable and she told me like oh yeah they have ipads there i can't wait like i hope i get transferred <laughs> there which is so insane um Secondly, I don't think that it's like, oh, there was better resources. I think we had, um, I think we had, a, for one, like, I think there was a point in time where living with less was not so, like, dramatically different from how the average person lives. Like, I can conceive of a time where homelessness is just, like, a, a minor step below living without electricity and plumbing in, like, whatever kind of, like, home. You know what I mean? Uh, but I think, like, as our lives get more and more convenient and comfortable, homelessness becomes, like, a worse situation to be in, uh, by contrast. And secondly, I think that we also had more, like, community in, like, built into our lives where people were more likely to, like, take in their friend or their family member and have them with them for their whole lives 
you know, and it, it was less like, okay, well, if you can't make it, you're on your own. So you I think, think we had, that's part of it. So you're saying, Katie, that we had, because one, because there was less of a contrast between being homeless and just like living like the average person lived back then than now. And two, because there was more, there's more of a sense of community that like people were less likely to be, they had a better support system, I guess. I, I, I think so. I think that like family was more of a support system for a long time. Uh, I don't know. That first thing, I just kind of threw that out there as like a knee-jerk reaction that I don't know if I, I, even immediately after I said it, I was like, I don't know, but I just kind of made that shit up. So maybe I don't agree with that. I agree. I agree. I think I, I think I agree with both of your points. Well, a large uh, of homeless people have men, or not, I don't know, large, but a percentage of homeless people have mental health issues that if they had the, uh, the resources to go to like, the health facility I don't think that they would turn to crime so it's not necessarily the people that I'm even thinking of but I, I definitely think that stands for the point that it's like we need more mental health care and mental health resources for everybody and unfortunately if you're homeless you definitely don't have the funds to to acquire somebody that can help you in some sort of way get your medicine or, or whatever thing you might need but I don't think those people necessarily are the people that are criminals but even the people that are criminals that better and do better I'm still like well shoot I don't even know how to treat those people because I don't think that those people are also deserving of like 70 years of suffering like poor Akiv here like I don't think that anybody deserves that <laughs> what do we deserve have your hobby we deserve it to the pursuit of happiness in a way that, like, as long as it's not harming others, I think that's the goal. I don't know. What a great question. Totally different question. Yeah. So is there anyone who, is, is there anyone here who's in support of retributive justice? Uh, yeah. Somewhat. Yeah. Somewhat. I just like it because it feels good. <laughs> feels good. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's an aspect of catharsis to like retribution. Retribution. Um, yeah. You know, but no, like I, it, it, um, I do think that, like, for example, example, a good example, I was reading an essay by Christopher Hitchens about, um, the, about the death penalty in America and how, um, when George Bush was the lieutenant general or lieutenant governor of, Texas, he ordered the killing of a 16-year-old boy um, sentenced to death uh, for murdering someone. Um, and Hitchens goes into, like, this kid's biography, and it's so fucked up. Like, this kid's life was so messed up, and despite his life being so messed up, he was still, he still had a lot of empathy and had still potential, but they killed him. Um, and they uh, charged him as a, an adult um, and that was really messed up and it should not have happened. Um, the social welfare system or like the, the sorry, the, um, the childcare system, what's it called when kids are orphans? Uh, what's that system? Foster system. Yeah. The foster care system. Sorry. Foster care. Right. Maybe you were confused. Cause sometimes it's just people are like removed from their parents, from their household or something. Yeah. Well, he, he was failed by the system. It was the system failed him and society yeah. kind of failed him. Over and over again. And he got really unlucky. And 
there's actually there's there's this YouTube channel. Um, it's called Don't. It's really hard to watch. Um, it's called Soft White Underbelly, and this guy interviews people from like the most like from like the dregs of what we would consider like the most like fringe areas of society. Like he'll, he'll interview a prostitute and ask her about her life and how she grew up and like all like 99% of the people he talks to um like she'll be like a drug addict and a prostitute and they, their childhoods and their lives were really messed up and 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 they had they just ran into really bad circumstances over and over again and right. it's always shocking to see them talk and see how like aware they are and how like how um intelligent and empathetic they are despite the fact that like they experience so much like hardship so so no all all joking aside <laughs> like i'm taking off the villain uh persona yeah like the be like uh like a purely um re retributive uh system yeah i don't think it's good there's something like like mike said like like michael said there's something that feels really wrong about it um and unreasonable when we're defining retributive are we defining it as that there is no other function to it so like one of the more awful punishments i can think of is extended solitary confinement which uh, seems purely retributive but if we find out that that somehow dissuades a certain amount of crime and then we also rehabilitate people is that still purely retributive or is that no, well how i think a then it, it, it would it would be stepping out of that realm yeah it, it suggests that it is not it's both retributive and rehabilitative um which like probably most things are some balance you know of of the the three prongs here but like um digging holes yeah, but I think <laughs> deep cut. <laughs> um, but some of them do seem on their face to be more obviously retributive. I guess. I think that's scary to be retributive. retributive. <laughs> well, sorry, Just trying to quote holes. <laughs> no, sorry, interrupted. Please, please. No, no, go ahead. I completely lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, now you, at least give me the holes quote. Come on. Oh, he's gonna go. He goes like, she's like, I'm tired, Grandpa. I'm tired of digging holes. And he goes, well, that's too damn bad. That's too damn bad. Too that, damn I bad. think that quote to myself all the time. Like, if I'm at work, I'm like, this sucks. I don't want to. Well, that's too damn bad. <laughs> Rolls through my head. <laughs> so, do we have we have no support for retribution for its own sake? Uh, for me. Look at that. A conclusion. <laughs> Look, if there was a dude that murdered like my wife or child, or my brother even, or my parents, like if I could if I could get away with like getting back at him, like by ending him, like I'm not gonna lie, like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know for sure, but something tells me I probably would go after him. Yeah. Well that's that's what I was going to say. The only time that that's what you want is usually your knee-jerk reaction when you take the humanity of the other person out of it. That's where that stems from for me. So I, I wouldn't want that, even though 
that might be an impulse in a moment where somebody killed my family. Yeah, like that. Yeah. My name is, my name is Diego Montoya. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, okay. Well, that's actually a great example, though. Um, let's look at that the character from The Princess Bride, because his mission is purely retributive, right? In Diego Montoya, he just wants revenge. It's not like he's worried about the four-fingered man or what a six-fingered man going around. It's not that he's like doing it to stop him from killing more people. Um, he's just doing it for revenge. Yeah, but and life is to think it's kind of reasonable. Life it doesn't make up perfect stories like that. Like even though we joke that it he's keeps going, we're still friends with him. We don't want to keep to die. That it's the same kind of thing. It's like, well, because they're telling a story. It's a movie. So they're going to want you to view somebody as a bad guy, so you'll root for this character and that, but I don't, I don't think life... Okay, but, but in real life, people do kill other people's fathers. Yes, that does and I happen. Think, but I'm saying, but I don't think that action is right, because that person has, there's more layers to them than you can capture in a movie, or like a certain side, there's more than one side to every story. Well, a movie can only tell the one side that they want. Because life doesn't perfectly well, package. I do think that, like, our... That's an interesting way. I think, like, an, hmm, it's like, it's like you're right because, like, characters like Inigo and in, in, Inigo, and in, I don't know how to say his name, Inigo, they're Inigo? almost like, yeah, they have to like exist. They have to exist, like, in a way where, like, their life's mission, their entire life's mission, is getting retribution. And once they get it, they can't exist anymore because that was like what they. That's like what they were supposed to do and then they die and it's like good they got what they wanted and like they got um so um would yeah, it anyway, be is if he got there and and then instead of killing the guy he showed him mercy what would how would that movie play out like do we just not root for that story as much i would root for that story way more that's a great story it doesn't have a clean ending though <laughs> well i mean i think I think both of those stories can work. I think, think what is interesting is that in spite of the fact we pretty much all just agreed that we don't think retributive justice is good, it, like retribution for its own sake is good, we do also all have the experience of rooting for Inigo Montoya, who is only after revenge, really. That's all he wants. and we, So we relate to that, even though we're all in agreement that that's bad. Um, like, are we saying he should be the villain of the story? <laughs> no. I think our support for him is indicative of our empathy for his pain, and he thinks that that's the only way he can heal himself. Even if we know that's mm. not the right thing to do. That there is the factor of he feels sort of empty or or, un, or hurt, and he feels this is like a yeah, like a healing element for him. I guess. Hmm. I'm just thinking of Samuel Jackson Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Including Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. <laughs> you ever read the Bible, Brad? <laughs> I think you the fact that you could tell that story where he is the villain. You know, like you could easily tell it from the other guy's perspective. Shows that it's like, well, yeah, this comes from like a surface level reaction when we want vengeance. Because we can relate to pain, but it's not the right thing. Because if you can be portrayed as the villain that easily, then it's probably not. It's just an interest. It's just a fun story. Just like Akeem's rooting for the person that makes the fake purses. But it's like I don't think that's right. It's just we also love good storytelling. It's fun. 
<laughs> yeah, I think the storytelling element is just like that's the catharsis, and I don't think in real life I would there's ever really any circumstance I would be like, yeah, go kill this person. I mean, look, so. there's situations like remember Larry Nasser, the the weirdo with the gymnasts. Um, yes, he was. The- okay, yeah, so- yeah. Dad's like lunged at him in court, and I was yeah. when I saw, him, like, dude, power move. That's sick. I like love that dad. Uh, I was like, that's like yeah. that's like greatest dad. I was like, that's awesome. That's actually uh, a really good point because it's hard not to like that story. Yeah, that you, you want that guy to suffer, right? Like, yeah. I, I want that guy to suffer, but is another that wrong? Guy, his daughter was like murdered and raped by this guy. And the, the, they were escorting this guy through the airport, and the dad. I've seen this too. The dad yeah. killed the dude. Mm-hmm. And even then, I was like, I was kind of like respect uh, <laughs> a little bit, because I was like, dude, that's like so personal. That's so fucking personal. Like you killed, you like did, you like ended my daughter's life. Like, like I would, I don't know if I would, like, I, it's almost like more. I can almost relate with him way more. Yes, yeah. because he's, you can relate to the flaw in it. But what I can't conceive is when I listen to these podcast stories of a, like a murder of a woman's family, and then the woman goes on to forgive her murderer, because that feels like so altruistic that I'm like, wow, that's the right thing. I'm over here in this like petty bullshit zone. So I want to, I like, relate <laughs> but I'm like, what's moral and what's correct? Right. I well, think I over here in this petty bullshit zone might be my favorite quote of today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thrive in the petty bullshit zone, Mackenzie. <laughs> Me too. I had never even thought of this until I listened to this podcast of like, oh man, what? how do we approach somebody? Because we're not all villains heroes is not all black and white. How do we approach somebody that's done something we all agree is wrong, but where do you go from there? Right. All right. Well, um, it's been about two hours. Are we feeling feeling pretty good about this? Did we have any, anyone have any last thoughts? Any any further tangents on either of these topics we've covered? Wait. So did we end up that there is no consensus that retributive justice is purely bad? Because it I, felt like we almost had it. Oh. Is that your house, Ben? Um, family's lake house. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Sick view. Yeah, so it seems... I don't know that we um, are 100% at consensus, but I think I'm comfortable with the statement that retribution on its own is has a strong emotional pull, but is ultimately, like, not reasonable. Um, yeah, I think we seem to be mostly in agreement there. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think we're we seem to be pretty in agreement that's, there. That's where I'm at. I agree. I would also like to say this is a very rare occasion for us to get everyone to say I agree at the end of the topic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess let's put a bow in it there. And I'm sure if Logan, when he hears this and he, he'll he'll have something dramatically different and he won't agree. Um, so <laughs> So then we'll be right right back in in yeah. you know in our proper eco state there. <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> do, do we have a running do we have a running joke for the episodes yet, or should we establish one? Mm. Do you have Good one? Question. 
I, I feel like petty bullshit zone could be something that could take off. Ooh. Yeah, that could that could be a, a recurring theme. Yeah. The petty bullshit zone. Yeah, you, I, I, I also like, like seventy years of suffering as just like yeah. oh, that's that's also good. <laughs> off of like a something silly that was sad that's what a lot of the podcasts i listen to do and then you're like oh there it was you know mm-hmm. a, little- <laughs> a little teaser yeah. yeah that's for logan logan take that yeah down. editing <laughs> notes logan all right <laughs> all right cool uh well great meeting guys this was a lot of fun yeah, nice yeah. Time, everyone. have a sign Dude. off let's do agree on that and then logan can cut all of this discussion and sign off every episode of like Hands in on three philosophy or whatever you want to say. That was just like a kid version. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I mean, if, if we can think of something better than hands in on three philosophy, <laughs> I could in theory be game for that. <laughs> and then Logan can sew it in after. You know? Like if you, if you all think of one or in the group chat, somebody agrees on. You could poll it. Yeah, all right. Well, I'll throw a poll out, and we'll see if anybody has any ideas on on closing <laughs> uh, a little, little sign off, you know, <laughs> message or something. Um, yeah, and then we'll we'll stitch it in later or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good talking, Bye, guys. You guys. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Later, guys. Okay. Bye, y'all. Thank you for philosophizing with us. One, two, three, philosophy.